Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Be sure to spread the word that this podcast can be found on your favorite podcast platform simply by searching for the Inside Scoop and Cobb County. Cobb Schools serves more than 112,000 students ranging in age from preschool years through graduation. Each of those young people encounters a variety of challenges academically, and many face other challenges in life that could become obstacles to their academic success if they don't find ways to deal with them. That's where Cobb School psychologists step in. Stepping into this podcast is Dr. Christy Jaffe, supervisor of Cobb Psychological Services. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. I'm glad to be here. The first question right off the bat, we we have heard from school counselors and school social workers, but what is a school psychologist and how is that different? School psychologists work with school counselors and school social workers, but our role is a little different in that we deal with students uh, across general education through Uh, the time that they become eligible for special education or another service. Mm -hmm. And of those three professions, we primarily focus on evaluating students to determine whether or not they have disabilities. And we also consult with parents and school staff members and children to discuss ways we can be of help. That is a wide range of services. You're, You're basically serving students at all ages, Correct. Let's say that somebody is in our school district, but their student isn't old enough for actually attending kindergarten. Uh, Do they still qualify or? So as part of our obligation to find kids who have disabilities in our communities, we start seeing kids as toddlers through their transition from Babies Can't Wait, which is an early intervention program in Georgia. Uh When they enter the school district, um, when they transition out of Babies Can't Wait right before their third birthday, we participate in some of those evaluations, primarily for students who may have characteristics of autism or severe developmental delays. Hmm. And then we remain with our students through the time they leave the school district, which for some of our lower functioning students, maybe for some of our students, maybe age 21, right before they turn 22. Wow. That is a wide range you guys are handling. How many of you are there? There's not just you, I hope. No offense. I'm sure you'd cover all the bases. but I have a wonderful team of school psychologists, and there are 39 of us that work full-time. We have 10 part-time psychologists. Uh-huh. And their assignments typically are two to three schools, and then I have people who do preschool uh, evaluations as well. Who do, exactly do you serve? Is it uh, just the students, or do you also cover staff? What? Absolutely. So school psychologists consult with parents, teachers, students Mm -hmm. individually. We participate in lots of team meetings and we try to provide strategies and supports for individual students and also for classrooms. Um, And we work individually with teachers on a variety of questions, problems. Mm -hmm. We we definitely want our our staff members to be in good mental health. And, And there's a lot of pressure on classroom teachers, administrators to meet the mark, so to speak. 
Absolutely. Is that uh, a part of, of what you do? Absolutely. We, we want to help teachers in the area of self-care. Mm-hmm. And so we reach out to them when they have a student who's struggling and we try to go in and provide support to them mm-hmm. as well as the student and, and maybe brainstorm ways the student can be more successful. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes just affirm to the teacher that there's, it's, that's a difficult situation yeah. and we're here to be of help. That's really cool that you're offering to provide additional tools to that teacher, uh, both on a personal and and uh, classroom level. That's that's awesome. So, how do you typically hear of somebody who needs psych services? Well, for our psychologists that are in schools, it can be a variety of referral sources. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might see a kid in the hall who's struggling with something. Okay. Or you go in the front office and there's kids that you see pretty frequently. So a lot of times we'll, we'll ask about kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers will often suggest to parents that they reach out to us. Uh, sometimes parents look on the website and, and see that we're there. And then um, very often it's through some of our support team meetings where we're in the meeting uh-huh. and parents find out about us at that point. And they approach you because they pick up on their student maybe struggling emotionally with something in particular? Or? School psychologists help with behavioral uh, strategies for students. And a lot of times it's giving information about what's typical development okay, um, and maybe some ways to address some lags or some areas that might need help. Um, and also for academics. So uh, parents will often reach out to find out about the evaluative process if they have concerns as well. You know, it seems like as a parent, if you uh, have a a student who normally gets B's and A's and then they suddenly start uh, dropping those those grade levels down, that's that's a red flag. Absolutely. Reason to call you. Absolutely. And it would be also a reason to ask for assistance at the local school level. We have lots of different ways we can meet student needs. So it may be that we have a conference with parents and we have a group of professionals there and we brainstorm ways to help the student, especially if it's different. Do you collaborate with the school counselor at that level or is that... Absolutely. Okay. So very often the school counselor, the school psychologist are um, participating in collaborative meetings with um, teachers and parents uh, for kids who haven't responded to other interventions that were maybe not as in-depth mm-hmm. through our um, some of our programs, the response to intervention program, especially parents will get a notice sometimes that their student is going to have a meeting for tier three. And so typically the school psychologist attends those meetings. Okay. Tier three being, as you speak for... I gotcha. (laughs) Um, So for students who are struggling academically, school districts have an obligation to provide them with lots of support at the general education level uh-huh. through our remedial programs. And then when students struggle, continue to struggle with that, there's typically a group of us that meet weekly or biweekly to talk about those kids and see how we can provide them additional help. Kind of brainstorm what the best approach might be. Correct. And okay. we at that point, we look at lots of data. Um, on how those numbers, on how that kid is progressing. And we want to help parents be a part of that as well. So is there any one area of need that you find fairly common when you hear from someone? Do they typically say, oh, I'm I'm under all this stress and I can't figure out how to manage that? Or is it behavioral issues or, or what? 
So um, each psychologist, you know, it depends on the area, but a lot of our referrals, when parents reach out to us, it may be in a moment of crisis, but typically our referrals relate to a child's academic struggles, as well as attention problems, behavioral concerns, um, maybe developmental delays. So the parents then in that case see something changing and they want to see if it's something that needs more attention, I'm guessing. Right. Could be. Um, typically, when parents contact us directly, they have come to the conclusion or they've met with someone else and they feel like their child has a disability. And at that point, they have the right to ask for an evaluation to consider what supports the school district can provide. But not all students who need your services are at risk, so to speak, of being uh, considered uh, disabled or in needs, special needs student. It's correct. It could be a student who may be struggling to get homework done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parents are frustrated with their progress or some aspect of their behavior. And they may be looking for a referral to someone else or they may just want some support for what they're already doing. They may Mm -hmm. want to consult with us about their concerns. So how long do you end up working with the typical student? If we're evaluating a student, it could be, it's about 10 hours from start to finish, but we've met on that student and observed that student probably many times before through some of these other meetings. Okay, and that evaluation would be for the sake of? For looking to see if the child maybe has a disability or would need specialized services. Okay, if you have a, a student who is not ending up or headed toward the need for specialized services. Let's just say that you've got a high achieving student who just feels like there's a lot of pressure going on. Is that a a months long involvement with that student typically, or is it more or less a here's one way to handle that kind of thing and, and, you know, maybe a week or two weeks touching base with them and that's it? Great question. So really, it can depend. In high school, you know, we have a lot of students who take very accelerated class loads. And even for those students who don't, high school is very stressful. And for the most part, they, you know, a student can self-refer to us if they feel like they need to talk about something. If they're struggling with anxiety or depression, then we're one of those helping professionals, typically in that counseling area, who may see students on an individual basis briefly to talk through, maybe give some strategies, and then we'll check back in a few times with them. Mm -hmm. Usually immediately after they come to see us, we might follow up with their teachers. And if a lot of times we'll talk to the student about maybe reaching out to their parent while they're in the office and we'll have a conversation about what the concern is and how we can help that student maybe feel a little less overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay. And if it turns out that it is maybe a longer term thing, then what? For students who maybe already have a diagnosis of anxiety or maybe see someone privately, sometimes we will work with that clinician to kind of help bridge the gap between what's going on in the private therapy session and school. We don't typically do long term therapy with students in the school, given our, you know, that there's one of us for about every 2,500 kids. We wish we could. It would be great. And certainly I think now that mental health is in the forefront for a lot of our community members, then I think it's definitely something that on a short-term basis, we provide kids support and then either help them over that brief hurdle 
or help them obtain more appropriate resources from a provider. For, for something more long-term, deeper. So it's almost like you guys, in addition to all that you do, provide kind of a, would it be fair to say, screening process for mental health issues, challenges, that sort of thing? Where you're, you're discerning between the short-term thing that's, that's bothering me versus a longer-term, let's say, perspective on life. Correct. So we have kids, especially when you think about kids coming to sixth grade and Uh, then ninth grade, those big transition years. Yeah, sometimes there's just that little initial bump and kids need a little support to get through that. And we can do that through a variety of programs that are already in the county. And it may be that we do a small group with some kids. Sometimes we have small groups for study skills or anxiety. But we also do just a lot of brief consultation with kids, kind of helping them frame that. You know, this is what's going on now and kind of how to move past that because it is a big transition. So lingering in the back of, of uh, folks' minds might be this question. If a student receives psychological services, does that go in their permanent record, as they used to say in school? So if we evaluate a student and mm-hmm. we produce a psychoeducational evaluation report, then absolutely that is part of their student, their permanent record. And that is so that there is information about how that student was determined to be eligible for those programs. Continuity. Absolutely. But let's say the average student who hits one of those bumps in the road that you you mentioned, would that also be on their record, so to speak? None of the informal consultations that we do would be something we would put in a student's record. Anytime that a student comes to counselor, psychologist, social worker with a problem, we try to brainstorm and then we reach out to parents. We have to be upfront with students and let them know the boundaries of that privacy. They're welcome Mm -hmm. to come and talk to us, but certain things we can't keep private if you have thoughts of hurting yourself or hurting someone else or we think there you may be involved in something that could be somehow dangerous to you, then we have an obligation. And we right. work through that with kids when we Mandatory, meet with them. Mandatory uh, reporting. Absolutely. Right. Or even reaching out to parents. You know, if a student's coming by frequently, then we definitely feel like there's something going on that mom and dad need to be aware of. So at this point, is there anything else you want to mention for our listeners who are tuned in? Well, I think one of the things that parents especially need to be aware of is that we're available to them to consult about different things. There are Mm -hmm. lots of information on the internet and parents sometimes get really concerned about their child's progress. And sometimes it just helps to talk to someone who maybe has knowledge about development, Mm -hmm. mental health issues, and just sometimes parents need that reassurance that seems like your child's making really nice progress because parenting is hard and and there's so much pressure for everybody that we want to be able to be there for a resource for them and also for classroom teachers and other people in the Mm -hmm. school buildings just to be supportive of them. Everybody can get pretty stressed at different times of the year. Oh, yes. And I almost let out an amen, sister, on that parenting (laughs) can be hard because that's uh, that's true. That's really true. And reaching out to someone who has that connection to other families, other students, and and without divulging any details about other students, being able to speak to the fact that, hey, you know, this is this is kind of normal to feel 
anxiety or anxious about a big test coming up or what have you. So. Absolutely. And that's a, a probably the most rewarding part of our job is these long-term relationships that we have with families over the course of their child's educational career. We're able to revisit every few years and keep in contact with them. And that's really probably the part of our job that we like gives us the most gratification. Well, that's fantastic. We've been listening to Dr. Christy Jaffe. Cobb's Supervisor of Psychological Services. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you for having me. You can learn more about Cobb School's Psychological Services by visiting the district website at www.cobbk12.org. Just click on the search icon, that little magnifying glass in the uh, upper right corner, I believe, and enter Psych, P-S-Y-C-H. That'll lead you to the Psychological Services page where you can find more information and connect with Dr. Jaffe. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.